Blog Talk Radio. This is Season 3 of Eye on the Future with your host, Lady Fontaine, and co-hosts, Paula Kay and James Elkin. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. And now, here's Lady Fontaine and Paula Kay. of our third season of Eye on the Future. We are back after a very long hiatus, and I know a lot of people are really thrilled that this show has um, decided to have another season. This season is dedicated to both Marlene D'Ambrosio, who was a dear friend of ours, and also Lady Fontaine's beloved dog, Chanel. Both left us way too soon. Um, unfortunately, it looks like James Elkin will not be on the show tonight, so it is me, Paula Kay, and Lady Fontaine. Lady Fontaine, how do you feel about restarting the show again? Are you excited? Yes, I'm very, very excited, and I wanted to thank everybody, all our well-wishers and uh, all my friends and clients who um, I know are listening or will be listening to the podcast if they can't listen live. And I've been sending me good luck and, you know, blessings and all kinds of positive energy all day long. So it's very much appreciated. Uh, we have been listening. I mean, we've been getting requests to come back on the air for quite some time. Um, but, it, you know, life gets in the way. And sometimes um, we just didn't have the um, right combination of people and time and everything else. But we're here now. And I'm really excited to get started. And I'm not sure if Jim is going to end up being able to join us or not today. Um, I know he's having some technical difficulties, and let's hope he works them out. But in the meantime, um, you know, I'm really excited about tonight's topic, which is new beginnings. And it's something that, to me, is so important because there's constant cycles going on in all of our lives. Um, Every cycle, every day, there's cycles of births, of deaths, and not literal deaths, but there's endings, there's new beginnings, there's starts, there's cycles, there's all these different um, uh, patterns and and processes that are going on in all of our lives. Um, So I think that this was an ideal topic. We had originally scheduled this show for these um, summer, for the spring uh, equinox, which would have been really neat if we were able to pull it off then, um, because the energy is so about new beginnings. But the spring season itself is about new beginnings, and we're back, and we're back to help you make the best that you can make of your life. <laughs> and I know that you are experiencing a new beginning of sorts right now, too, because of that beautiful ring that you have on your hand. I know that you I started that new jewelry website. It's beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you. I'm very, very excited about it. Um, I think that all of us really love, um, well, most of us love jewelry anyhow. And um, when I saw this particular line of jewelry, 
And when I say wine, I mean there's about 2,000 items. Um, it, I, it blew me away. I mean, I have some really beautiful, real jewelry. And when I wear this stuff, nobody could tell the difference. And today I happen to be wearing a beautiful amethyst and cubic zirconia ring. And I have a ring very, very similar to this um, that's real. And like I said, nobody could tell the difference. So I'm not really big on pushing my own stuff or endorsing, you know, products or anything like that. But if you have the opportunity, check out Soiree Jewelry. It's S-O-I-R-E-E Jewelry.com. Um, and check it out for yourself. You won't believe the quality and you won't believe the prices. So that's my, well, that's I, my bling thing for today. But I remember even when you and I were having dinner a few weeks ago, you could not take your eye off of this ring then either. And, you know, I mean, my assumption at that time, and even today when I'm looking at it and I know that that is, uh, you know, actually costume jewelry, it, it just looks so real. I, I assumed it was real when we had dinner, the, you know, uh, the other week. And um, it's just beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And, <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm really excited to, you know, to make it possible for all of us to have such beautiful stuff. I was on a, uh, a, a vacation of sorts, um, a, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I was glitzed out every single day. And honestly, I felt like a million bucks. So if jewelry is your thing and it makes you feel like a million bucks, Check out SoireeJewelry.com because it's really phenomenal stuff. Yes. Okay. So, um, anyway, we will be taking calls tonight throughout the show. So, any listeners out there who um, have questions or things that they want to discuss with Lady Fontaine um, about new beginnings of, of any sort, um, you'll get those questions ready. Uh, because we will be taking calls. And I know that you've all been really anticipating the opportunity to call in and talk with Lady Fontaine. And we're doing it different this year. I mean, in the past, we've um, more or less had just uh, callers at the end of the show. Um, Now we're going to do it throughout the course of the show because I think there's important messages and lessons to be learned from all the conversations that we have on the show. And a lot of times um, the situations that people are calling in on are very relatable to our, to our listeners. So we want to, you know, try to get in as many calls as we can. But, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit more tonight, Paula, about, you know, um, what's really been happening the past few days in, in the world. And I want to talk about the burning of Notre Dame um, because I think we all, on some level, regardless of our religion, regardless of our political views, regardless of any of it, I think we saw the devastation that was happening. And you know me, being a 9-11 survivor, right away I'm thinking, you know, oh, my God, this is a terrorist attack. And, you know, when they're showing the pictures of the building burning, you know, it brought back a lot of memories for me. But the important, the important aspect that I really want to bring up regarding the burning of Notre Dame was on that day everybody was you know thinking it's the end um, we're never going to have this you know this masterpiece of a building again and what happened within a 24-hour period Macron President Macron was talking about rebuilding it um, a lot of you know million and billionaires in 
in um, Europe and I guess throughout the world started donating huge sums of money. And before you knew it, you know, now we're talking about beginnings again. And that's kind of, to me, very um, demonstrative of really the way the cycles of life be, regarding beginnings and endings really are and should be. You know, it should be about this constant flow that as one door closes, another door opens. And there's a very, what I consider a very important aspect of that, and that's trusting it, trusting the process. The, the main reason that any of us have any kind of um, anxiety or doubt or um, uh, fears or whatever it is, and especially if somebody or something, you know, is taken mm-hmm. from us um, in any way, shape, or form, is that we don't trust the process. There's usually a high, there's usually um, something happening for our higher good, even though we might not see it. And I've gone through a big yeah. tragedy myself in the past several months, and it's hard for me um, and you know to even see the higher good or the reasons and yeah. stuff. But the you know, it comes blessing. to a point where you have to trust it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. What What were you saying? The hidden blessing uh, in these challenges yeah. that we face, and like with uh, what happened at Notre Dame. Um, the hidden one potential hidden blessing is that once this renewal uh, comes about of that of that beautiful beautiful historic landmark, um, I believe that possibly there'll be a lot more renewed interest in people wanting to go there and see that and wanting to to connect with it because it you know was potentially almost lost through this fire and um, right. just bringing it to the attention of uh, a lot of people who may not have really thought about it uh, before that. So there definitely could be um, hidden blessings in that. And that's just one example. There could be many, many hidden blessings that we can't even conceive of that are affecting people on a personal level. And that's really true because I think the day of us, you know, sitting and watching or hearing about the burning of Notre Dame um, very few of us were thinking about the, the gifts, the blessings, the lessons, or the new beginnings. And that's really the point of tonight's show, and that's why it's so timely, um, the way events just sort of fall into place. I mean, we call that synchronicity um, because, you know, it, it, it really is about the day after. It's about where it takes us. It's about the inner growth. It's about the whole process. It's not just about the loss. And I think it's important for all of us to be able to open ourselves up to really what the hidden meanings are, like you said, the hidden blessings um, of, of any experience that we have. So, you know, as, as much as none of us um, were looking forward to the demise or the burning of um, Notre Dame, and thank God they were able to save so many artifacts and so many pieces. Like you look at that cross and you look at different, you know, the crown that, you know, uh, supposedly Jesus wore when he was crucified. I mean, how all of these things survived to me is an absolute miracle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, it just occurred to me, and not to uh, completely change the topic here, but it just occurred to me that you know, our audience may not know who I am. And <laughs> I probably should mention who I am just so that they understand um, why I'm part of the show. <laughs> but, 
but um, I am Lady, Lady Fontaine's friend for many years, and we have worked together um, frequently on a lot of different projects, including uh, the first two seasons of her radio show when I was a call screener. Um, I think that Lady Fontaine does such amazing work. Um, she, you know, does the psychic work and helps so many people with love and has actually been uh, at least partially responsible for for the relationships or weddings of hundreds of people, um, at least. Um, I don't have, I didn't research this number beforehand, but but I know it's a lot. Um, and that's, that's powerful work. But she also does love coaching, and she's just a, a beautiful human being. So I'm so, so glad to be here. Um, also, I am the artist who um, did the image that is going to be on her new deck of tarot cards that um, is coming out shortly. So um, I'm pretty excited about that, and I know uh, you are too, Lady Fontaine, right? Uh-huh, and I was actually working on uh, bits and pieces of that today. Um, I'm hoping, you know, it's, I'm hoping to get that out soon. I, I don't want to give any dates because then I'll be disappointed if I don't make those dates, but it is in the works right now. Um, so the tarot cards are going to be the first thing that I actually release with the beautiful image that um, it's um, – uh, what Mystic in the Moonlight is what you called it, and it's on yes. my Facebook page, and it's also, there's a few links to Paula's page as well, um, so it's also on there, but it's, the cards are absolutely, absolutely gorgeous, and we're also working on another set of psychic cards um, that Paula is doing a whole new design for, so that's something that's a little bit further down the road, because each one of those cards is going to be custom designed as far as a special message from me. And that information is being channeled. So, you know, that, that, that I can't sort of rush. It sort of just has to flow and unfold in its own time. But um, Paul is here for those, all those reasons. Um, but she's also here. I mean, she said some really wonderful and, and nice things about me. But our synergy, and we've known each other for probably about 10, 12 years or something like that, and she has been involved in just about every project that I've started. She doesn't always stay with my projects, but she always launches them with me anyhow, um, and she has wonderful energy, and aside from her very talented artistic abilities, she also, um, don't you do like angel card readings or something like that, and you're also a Reiki master? And there's also a very spiritual side of Paula. Yes, I, I really love learning about spirituality, and um, I, I really enjoyed uh, getting my Reiki master. Um, I don't do that full time, but um, I do it when, when the need um, is presented to me. Uh, when people cross my path who, who need uh, Reiki, I certainly share it with them. Um, and occasionally I have some local customers to um, clients to occasionally book like official appointments. But um, oftentimes I'm sending distant Reiki to someone I know who's in need, uh, perhaps in another state or sometimes even in another country. Um, I've also worked with animals. And um, I additionally do the angel card readings on occasion to um, add another uh, dimension to help you know, people with their spiritual questions. Hi, and guys. I, guess I figured out the problem. 
Yay! Jim is here. I was wondering what we were going to do when it when we got to the medicine wheel because I didn't remember too much about. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, um, well, welcome, Jim. This is um, our other co-host, um, Jim Elkin, and talking about um, knowing people for a while. Jim and I have known each other, I would say, probably for about 25 years, if not longer. Um, oh, and yeah. Jim all, and Jim and I have also been involved in um, many projects together, both spiritual and non-spiritual. But I would say probably 20, 25 years ago, we started um, doing paranormal investigations together. I don't even remember how we started doing that, but um, and we, I think you we had set a up a whole organization. In, you had a friend in Staten oh, Island that asked if we could do that. Yeah. And, Bridget, uh, no, and she was in she was in New York, uh, something um, West New York, New Jersey. That's, uh, that's where right. she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that, that was, was an amazing experience that we had at our house. I mean, there yeah. was an article that I did for some magazine quite a few years ago, and I think I had it on my website at some point. If I could find the article, I'll publish it somewhere again. And it talked about that experience because the amazing part of that was that um, they had two children and the boy was experiencing some very um, um, very scary behavior like throwing knives around and talking about this you know demon or something that was there or this old man demon that was there and he had no idea who we were or why we were there. And I did ask that the father take the children out of the home while we did our work. And when we were done, um, do you remember what um, the boy said to his mom, to Bridget? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. I, I remember that the boy said, uh, you know, the mom asked the boy, you know, with the, if those, those strange beings were around anymore. And he said, no, they left with those two people who came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and they never that, had a problem since. Yeah, from what I heard. I know. Yeah. So, so that is um, something that Jim and I have done on the side for a long time, and we're actually looking for um, locations. So, if anyone is listening out there and they're in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, or you know anywhere in the metropolitan area, and you do have some situations going on with, um, you know some ghosts or something unusual going on. Um, Jim and I have a little bit different way of approaching it. I mean, we have all the standard equipment, but um, me as a psychic, I come in and I'm pretty darn accurate in being able to pinpoint exactly what's going on. And we also clear it. Um, We're not like some of the folks that you see on TV that just identify that there's a problem with the ghost. I clear them out. So, um, you know, that's, that's in one way that Jim and I are a little bit different. But I'm glad that you made it on, Jim. And yeah, um, so nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been interesting. I can tell you that. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times we've um, tried to rehearse and test all the equipment and try to avoid having this nag. But you know, it's the way life goes, and I'm I'm glad that we're all here. So, um, Jim, do you want to take a couple of minutes and? sort of um, introduce us to the concept of the medicine wheel and, you know, explain a little bit about that and what that's all about? Um, 
just a, a uh, yeah, sure. Um, what what a, a medicine wheel is typically a circular type of meditation device or teaching device that I have seen in every single culture that I have experienced. And I studied uh, cultural anthropology and linguistics uh, in my graduate work um, back in the 80s. So I studied a lot of cultures and experienced them in a lot of different ways. So an example of a medicine wheel, you might think of Native American, and typically they're divided into four different corners, and each corner has, or each, each slice, like a pizza slice and four slices, and each slice has its own color. Um, and so people say that's a medicine wheel and it's magical, but actually it's a teaching too. It has a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of very important uh, and valuable things in there. Another example of a medicine wheel would be a mandala in Indian cultures. Mm. Um, yeah. And there have been things in European indigenous cultures that are very, very, very much like what we've seen in Native American cultures. Um, and an astro- astrology is a, an example of a medicine wheel that we all that we all have experienced in one way or another, a big circle with a lot of pizza slices cut into it, and each one of those slices has a meaning. Um, and uh, most people don't, you know, thinking about the, uh, the, the church, the cathedral that, that burned, um, it, uh, it's interesting that most churches are actually a form of a medicine wheel because they're in the shape of a cross, and right in the transept in the center of the cross, uh, sorry, where the transept crosses the nave is called the crossings. Uh, in that yeah. place, there's very typically um, um, images of the four Gospels uh, as like a lion uh, and a and a, and a bull and an angel and an eagle uh, representing the four gospel writers. And they're in a circle. So there you go. Once again, you get the four quadrants uh, being used as a teaching for, for, uh, for people. Um, um, and, uh, See, could I ask something? Like, um, sure. I, don't, I don't know if it's Kabbalah or if it's those, um, Solomon seals, but they're also in sort of that square format, and um, um, to me, have very special meaning. And I know to you know millions of other people out there as well. Is that something like this? Is that part of that medicine wheel kind of concept, or is that something totally different? Um, I'm trying to visualize what you're saying. I mean, I know that in in, in Kabbalah, there's a lot of wheels that are used for uh, different kinds of teachings, uh, uh, but I'm not sure particular the thing that you're referring to. Well, there's a, there's something called the the Solomon seals, and there's sure. I don't know how many of them, you know, probably twenty or thirty or forty or whatever it is, and uh-huh. uh, most of them have either a wheel or a square kind of configuration. And it, when you mentioned the mandala before, it just sort of flashed in my mind how similar that is to some of the um, either Kabbalah uh, things that I've seen and or uh, the Solomon seal. So I was wondering if there was any sort of continuity or cross, you know, I think it's, um, I think it would meanings. be I think it would be called a medicine wheel if we were to kind of categorize it. We would say, okay, that's like a medicine wheel, meaning that it's, it's a, that kind of a thing. It's used as a teaching and it's a spherical in shape and it slices so that's that's one way to to distinguish. I think I think that would work. Oh well, it'll be interesting. That's something I might you know do a little bit of research on and see if 
um, some of the Kabbalah, um, you know, talismans or things that I'm, uh-huh. I'm thinking of that I've seen through Kabbalah um, would, would be sort of classed in that, or if that's something totally yeah. different. I wonder about the magic um, square and, and sigil writing, you know, making sigils. Like that abracadabra kind of thing? I forgot well, what that little square, square is. A, square a is. Nine, it's a, it's a nine, right. it's nine squares in a square. And yes. and um, by connecting the numbers that are associated with those squares, um, they create an, a, a kind of a graphic, and that's that's called a sigil because the numbers equate to some angelic name or something like that, and so that sigil has the power of the magic of the of the magic square and the and the angel that you have uh, intoned, <laughs> invoked by uh, by drawing that sigil drawing that figure so that could be a kind of a thing if, if those numbers are, are actually you know teachings I don't remember if they are or not but could well be and you used to um, is Kabbalah one of the things that you studied yeah I did a long time ago um, I did I did more research into into um, European uh, Christian Kabbalah more than the, than the Jewish Kabbalah but I understand a, a smatting of both at this point not as much as oh, really? a lot of people do even... now, but when I studied it, it was it was very very hard to find any materials, and now it's all over the place. So <laughs> I didn't even know that there was a, a Christian Kabbalah. Oh yeah, I did not know that. Wow, who's the thought? So, um, Paula. Paula, do you? Do, I know we have some callers that are on the, on the on the phone. I did want to take a call before we ask Jim to go into a little bit more detail on um, on the medicine wheel and really teach us some of these great teachings and get that better understanding of of really how to use the medicine wheel. And Jim, after the show, would you be able to put something on on the Eye on the Future page? Um, that would really give us a visual of the medicine wheel. Sure. Um, would that be the the Facebook page or or the, the website? Yes. Yes. The Facebook, Facebook page. page. Okay. All right. Now that would okay. be great. from Canada who has a um, new beginnings relationship love question for you, Lady Fontaine. Um, and here she is. Hello. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> Hi, Michelle. How are you? Hi, I'm wonderful. Thanks. So, How are you doing? I'm doing great. So I'm glad that you phoned in and I'm anxious to hear your question. Okay, so I've been single for quite some time. I know what I want, and I know what I don't want. So I'm just kind of curious what you see coming for my new love and new beginning. Please and thank you. All right, let me just scan your energy and see what we see. Okay. All right, um... I'm listening to what my guides have to say because they're 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 showing me um, sort of like a way out from where you are. When you say you've been 
uh, you haven't been in a relationship for a while, that feels like an understatement. It feels like it's been quite some time <laughs> since you have been in a relationship. And it almost feels like you're you're so much in the groove of, you know, having your own life and doing your own thing, be it, you know, uh, what you want to be doing or not. Um, but you feel very much like, you know, you have this um, routine in your life that you've been following for a long, 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 long time. How long has it been since you actually were in a relationship? Oh, it's been over five years. Okay, yeah, it felt like it, it's been a while. Um, so what my guides yeah. are actually showing me is, before I start telling you what I see coming in for, for you, um, what they're yeah. kind of indicating to me is we kind of need to do a little bit of shifting of your energy and your perspective right. of things in order to be able to draw in exactly what it is that you want. And when I say exactly what it is what you want, I mean, you know, we all could have our preferences, we could all have our ideas, of what Mr. Wright or Ms. Wright looks like or, or feels like or acts like or is like. But um, so often the universe has a little bit different perspective. So I'm just sort of <laughs> um, forewarning you that um, what I see for you might not be exactly what it is that you think you want, but i got to tell you okay. um, what, what I feel is coming in for you. And it is still a bit in the future, um, but it's, certainly um, is different than what you think you want, but it certainly is better than anything you've ever had or anything that you could really even imagine for yourself. Um, what my guides are uh-huh. saying that I should say to you is that um, you have such a specific picture in your head of what it is that you want. They're telling me to just um, sort of let it go, and that's such an ideal topic for today's um, conversation, not only about new beginnings, but let go of some of, you know, these preconceived notions and be more open. They do tell me that you are very self-sufficient, and my guys are also saying that you are very independent. And they are also telling me that you're not always good. You're either um, very vulnerable or you're not able to be vulnerable. And I think through these five years of being alone, you've sort of built up that side where you're not able to be vulnerable, even though you may want to be. And my guys are saying okay. that's sort of like that's sort of like um, phase one of your major transformation in being able to draw in the right person for you. So what I really encourage you to do is look inward, do some inner work. Um, really look at what it is that you want and really, um, I, I almost want to say start weighing the importance of it, but my guides are saying don't say that, so pretend I didn't say it. Um, and instead of weighing it, instead of weighing it, um, you know, I, I, I think about ways to sort of let it go and just be more open to what opportunities are out there for you. But on the plus side, what my guides are saying is, um, you have certain limitations for that you have built up for yourself, and I think some of them are tied into this picture that you have in your own head of what you want and what you don't want. Um, so if you start sort of letting some of those walls down because they're really coming through as not even a wall, it's a barricade. If you start letting some of that down, <laughs> Michelle, 
I'm telling you, there's an opportunity out there for you. I would say it's still quite a bit in the future. The amount of time I'm getting right now is 16 months, um, which I'm sure isn't music to your ears, but at least there's something in, on the threshold for you. But my guides keep saying be open and sort of um, allow your mind to embrace um, something other than what you think it is that you want. But I want to ask you, okay. just so I could sort of help you with the process, um, do you have this very specific, it almost feels like it's a checklist, check, 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 <laughs> check, you know, of what it is that you want. Is it that specific? Because it feels like it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and yeah. I really think what you've done is you've, you've backed yourself against the wall, and I'm not saying that... Um, that in the end you're going to have to give any of that up because my gut feeling is in the end if you let go of all these pre preconceived notions of what it is that you want, you're going, to, you're going to end up meeting somebody that surpasses all of these things and brings it all to the table anyhow. But what you're creating yeah. for yourself are all these, you're creating all these limitations and the limitations hey. is, is what's holding you back. So if you work on those limitations, those 16 months, my guides are saying, could actually, you know, be a shorter period of time. Um, if you okay. choose not to work on those limitations, um, I kind of feel this person that I'm picking up is going to enter into your life, um, but you might not even notice it. So I just urge you to, um, you know, try to, try to do some inner work and understand why you are as picky my gut feeling is you're as picky as you are because you've been hurt. And those, those are yes. the pieces of you that you need to, you don't need to, but if you want to be able to really um, transform through this process and be able to move forward, is those are the areas that you should work on are the hurts. The way to fix a hurt right. isn't to, you know, push people away or, um, you know, say that, well, you know, never let that happen. That's great that you never let it happen again and you protect yourself but you're, you're blocking so much of your energy. It's almost like um, two-thirds of your energy to me feels totally, totally stagnant. And when I say totally, I don't mean 100%, but I mean it isn't flowing yeah. through you the way it could and should be. And that's, that, I feel, is really tied into a lot of the hurts that, you, that you've been dealing with. So, um, you know, do whatever inner work that you can. I mean, there's a lot of information on my website with the life coaching approach that I use, but there's a million, you know, different modalities out there that work for people. Find something that works for you and dig in, you know, dig into you. And I'm going to tell you, yes. you have the ability to transform yourself. Do you currently do anything with healing, I mean, are you in the medical profession or are you doing any spiritual healing? Because my guides are showing me healing hands with you. Yeah, I've, I've heard that most of my life. <laughs> um, I would hands. say that's such a gift that you should pursue that in some way, way shape, okay. or form. I also kind of feel that will open some doors for you. But, you know, there's, there's a whole bright and wonderful future for you. I really don't feel that, you know, your destiny is to be alone um, and not have yeah. that partner in crime and partner in life. I think the only one holding you back is you. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much so, for the guidance. That's amazing. 
Oh, you're very, very welcome. Good luck. Keep us posted and let me know when you meet that special someone. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend. All right, Michelle. You too. You take Enjoy care. Thanks. So anyway, that is Wow, I haven't heard that music in a long time. That used to be our oh. <laughs> our opening and closing for the show, and I just felt that was so appropriate. But Paula, you were saying? Yeah, um, I, you know, I was listening to Michelle's story and listening to the insights that you gave her, and you know, it is so very common that you know when we go through life and you know, we have um, some of these experiences that we have from our past relationships. Um, we do tend to often build up walls because we are um, we haven't come to terms with you know some of those situations and we really don't want to experience something like that again. But we want some. But we're consciously saying we want something that's new and wonderful. And I think a lot of people find themselves in a situation where there's where they're kind of bound by by some of these. Um, issues that they haven't really let go of and haven't really moved forward from, and they haven't made themselves truly be open to uh, to the love that's out there for them. And um, it's a shame right. because love, love is one of the most beautiful things in the world. And, and to um, not be, not truly be open is uh, doing yourself a disservice. So, um, Yes, I, I, my wish for anybody who's in that situation is that they can, you know, simply work through whatever it is from from their past relationships, so that they like let that go, and truly let yourself be open because I, I know the universe wants to give us these gifts of of love. Well, and, what I always say to my clients is mm-hmm. that. But so often I feel that, you know, everything that they're hoping for and asking for is literally knocking at the door. And they, they, mm-hmm. they're just not ready to let it in yet. So it's not like, you know, there's any, you know, God is being mean to us or there's any um, thing that's really holding us back. It's always us. And when I was talking to Michelle, man, I could feel she has herself in a box in a way. Um, and the universe is you know, sitting there with, like, this open field of opportunities and love and um, potentials for her. Um, she just has to be able to step out of her box and see it. And the same goes for, you know, probably 90% of us out there. She just needs to find that way to find the answers. And, Jim, that's something I wanted to ask you about with this medicine wheel thing. Is there a way to use this? for a situation like Michelle is in, like our caller was in. I mean, how do we utilize this magic of this medicine wheel? Well, the nice thing about teachings of this sort is that they help to make what looks like chaos into something that's a little more orderly so that you can call forth energies from within that, that relate to a certain aspect of the wheel and that can move you forward in a certain way. So maybe when I'm getting into my uh, longer chat about this, I can I can pull uh, her Michelle's uh, uh, material in and, and show how it could be used as a way to help her move forward in this area. 
Well, that would be great. Actually, um, Paula, do you know if Michelle is still on the line? Yes, she is. Uh, let me uh, discuss her back. All right. I'd like, yeah, if we could bring her on for just one minute. Okay. Michelle. Hello. Michelle. Hi. Michelle. Hi. Hi. Are you listening to the Are you listening to the show? Did you hear what Jim just said? Great. Yeah. Um, do you mind if we do that? Do you mind if we do that? I just oh. wanted to make sure we had your permission to do it. Right. Of course. Please and thank you. Sure. All right. Um, we're going to put you back on hold. Um, you know, if Jim has any questions, we'll bring you back on the air. So um, stay tuned. But I wanted to get your well, permission sure. before we sort of before we started using you as an example. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. All right, we're putting you back on hold. All right, Jim, All right, why don't you go with this? Because I'm I'm on pins and needles okay. to learn more about this this medicine deal. <laughs> All right. All right. Um well the the neat thing about medicine wheels is that they become a very easy way to present material to people without having to write it out. You know, it's it's like a teaching. It's like uh, if you think of the stained glass windows in a church, it's all teaching. It's the they call it the poor man's Bible, because every all the stories are there in the pictures, and they can they can quickly remember the stories by looking at the pictures. Well, in this case, by by looking at a medicine wheel, you can recall the teaching that goes with it. Um, um, the medicine wheel usually uh, has certain things that are called attributions, which are identified with the slices. So, for example, the time of day. Morning time is usually the eastern portion of the wheel. So the east and morning are associated clearly. Southern would be the, the uh, afternoon or the noon time. Uh, the western would be the evening time. And the, the north would be the, the night time. Um, the seasons, spring would be the eastern direction because that's when the day starts and spring is when the year starts um, summer when it gets hot the hot part of the day autumn when when things are starting to cool down and winter when of course it's very cold um, and then that moved on to the different elements so you have the fi- the four elements in, in western thought um, you have air fire water and earth and those elements are also identified with the four quadrants that are usually found on the medicine wheel. Um, um, air is often attributed to the east, um, fire to the south, um, earth to the north, and water, uh, sorry, earth to the west and nor- water to the north. And, and one more thing is that the, the wheel is really often used as a way to identify time cycles or life cycles. So um, mm. very early part of our life would be the springtime, the early time, the, the morning, and therefore it's the eastern part of the wheel. And the southern part of the wheel would be the adolescence. And the north, western part of the wheel would be um, mature adult. And, of course, the northern part of the wheel would be like me, the elder. <laughs> um, also organs and archetypes. Uh, and plants and, and planets and things like that. These are all uh, things that are attributed to these four quadrants. But the thing I like the most is is how uh, the archetypes uh, that often show up in Native American teachings are, are attributed to the four directions. So the lover would be the the uh, the eastern image, and the lover is that part of us that wants to have pleasure and is deadly afraid of pain or discomfort, unpleasant mm. stuff. 
Um, um, and so if you think of lovers, you know, they're, they're playing and they're really not paying attention to things. They're just, you know, having a good time and but time doesn't matter to them and, and what they're doing and where they're doing it doesn't matter. That's, that's kind of the, the, the image of the lovers. And then the South would be the warrior. And the warrior is the person who follows the rules very strict. And that's like the way adolescents a lot of times, if you've, ha- if you've, if you've been a parent, then you know that adolescents can be very demanding and very insistent that we follow the rules. <laughs> um, in times true. when it really doesn't matter. And that's, that's an example of how adolescents and warriors are very similar. They, they tend to want to be very firm and very rigid, and that's, that's a warrior kind of a thing, very Saturn-like. Um, and then uh, the eastern, sorry, the western side, um, the adult uh, uh, personality would be the magician, and and the magician is that part of us that wants to um, wants to bend the rules to survive, and also teaching. Um, if you think of of the trickster teacher, um, the coyote, uh, uh, the person who who mentors you by teaching you without actually teaching you you know they they show you something or they kind of mm. ask you questions and lead you away so that's this is the person who's kind of working around things to get what they need or what they want um that's that's um that's the western uh energy and the energy of the west can also be um healing because that's something that happens subtly it happens underneath inside it, it, I mean, it, it does happen with wounds, but it happens under the scab, so it's it's an inner thing. And then the uh, the elder is is the person is like the king or the elder is the person who balances all of these other attributes. It's that part of your mind which is kind of deciding which way to go and keeping things under control and and, and in a good in a good direction, moving in the right way. So um, in Michelle's case. Um, um, what I'm hearing is that her lover is very, very active right now. So she's looking for pleasure. She's looking for a relationship. And mm-hmm. that's, that's a good place to be because I was just telling somebody earlier today that, that um, if you want to be a, a attractive to men, you need to be interesting and fun and spunky and, uh, and strong. All of those things at the same time, and it helps so much. And these are all kind of ideas that are wrapped up in, in the lover thing, being interesting and fun, you know, just having a good time. And I don't have to be serious. And I don't have to have a relationship. I just want to go out and go bowling or watch a movie or something, you know. Um, and and then, then the warrior side of this thing could be, well, you know, all that rigidity, that, that needs to loosen up. Remember you were talking about how she's locked into some patterns, and mm-hmm. and so so she needs to soften the warrior and 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 a lot of times when people get locked up in patterns, that could be because they're afraid. Exactly, so that's what I was feeling. Right. Yeah. Yes. Fear that, is often I agree. underlying it. Yeah, and so the fear um, coming out this way um, uh, creates that rigidity. Then maybe I need to relax and not be afraid or find out how I can address my fear. So that right. I can be more comfortable with it, and I can lose the rigidity, and I can go out and play. <laughs> okay. And that's really right. That aligns perfectly with what my guides were saying, because I felt the hurt, and I felt the, um, the fear of being hurt 
So she was protecting herself with all right. of these stipulations that, you know, right. they have to be this, they have to be that, they have to be mm-hmm. whatever. But in the meantime, she has herself so locked into this tiny little box um, yeah. that she's missing all of these potentials that are all around her. But yeah. she wouldn't be ready for those potentials until she does some inner work, be a, right. you know, through somehow with the medicine wheel or, you know, many and other, I mean, you know. And that's where the magician comes in, doing the inner work. So, so the magician was which one, the Western? That's the Western. That's the adult. That's the, the practical adult. When you were talking adult. about, when you were talking about you being the elder, when you started yeah. talking about the magician, that's the gym I know. I mean, you and I work together, and you're uh-huh. part of the reason I am who I am today as far as being as spiritual as I am and as um, psychically in tuned as I am. Um, do you remember every weekend we used to work on rebuilding my psychic abilities? Oh, I yeah. mean, day after day after day after mm-hmm. day after mm-hmm. day. Um, you know, years of training and, and even with tarot cards. I mean, I used to just hold the card and, you know, close my eyes and tell you what I picked up on the card. So right. I see the magician in you. I see that healer. I see that, um, you know, that, that guider, that, that, that piece of you mm-hmm. in, in you. the Western, you know, magician part. But then, you know, uh, how, how did he get old? I mean, maybe when you say the older. I mean, <laughs> just how happened. did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm grateful. The alternative is kind of sucks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'd like to avoid that as long as possible. <laughs> well, hopefully we will. So I think that as long as we have stuff to give, share, teach, hopefully we'll mm. be here for a while longer. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Lady Fontaine, we do have a couple more callers on the line um, if you would like to take another call. Um, I would, but before we do, could I just ask one other question of Jim regarding the medicine wheel and Michelle's situation? Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, is there a piece of this that you're still going to talk to us about um, that will teach us how to use this and really make those changes? I'll do this. There's a really good book uh, written on the principles that I just discussed that, that are based on this whole idea. The name of the book is King, Warrior, Magician, Lover by Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette. And in there, they've got a tremendous uh, amount of uh, material that, that helps to to uh, make it very clear how this works. And, and then there's even more books. So some of these guys actually wrote whole tomes on each of the of the uh, the different quadrants and and variations on it, so it's, it's it can be quite complex. Uh, but the 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 idea that of using it is thinking of myself watching what I do. The each each of the quadrants has two sides. One side is is kind of the positive side, and one kind of side is the negative side. So you get the the child, for example, the the playful child can turn into the tyrant, the 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 the, the terrible two year old, you know, the screamer, and and insisting on life being exactly the way I want it, and, and nobody else is important. Um, and in the warrior, of course, um, that rigidity can turn into into um, um, violence and, you know, fury and, and destructive behavior. 
whereas you know it, if it's done for example like like we think of the uh, the uh, I'm thinking the shoguns but the samurai yes the samurais uh, uh, they had this code uh, very similar to our knights code of chivalry which was very much being a warrior but the warrior tried as hard as not to fight so there's this the rules you know kind of tug against each other and they understand that and and that's a different kind of a mature being a warrior as opposed to going out and killing people and slaughtering things and right. stuff and the and the magician can also become a very sneaky sly lying hard to pin down person so that's the bad side of the magician and the 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 elder can you know just kind of be the the the, the king who's always uh overdoing you know, being too much of a tyrant in that sense, just, you know, being in charge of everything, micromanaging, as opposed to someone who's very affirming and trusting and, and uh, uh, supportive of the, other, uh, of the other parts of yourself. So um, balancing these is what's important, you know, to, 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 to move, or move oneself forward. And if you see this kind of behavior that looks like the, the negative side of it, um, you might want to ask yourself if that's really the person you want to be. Mm. How's that? And Yeah, no, I think that's phenomenal. Before we take another caller, I want to just bring Michelle on and see if she has any questions regarding what Jim has said. But before we do that, as you're talking, Jim, two things just keep on flashing, maybe because you're talking magician and other things like that. But I can't help but see some similarities and bits and pieces of taro and feng shui in what oh, yeah. you're talking about. So I don't know, you know, where the fine lines are or how they overlay, but that might be something after the show that you and I talk about, and it might sort of lead us into, you know, uh, one of our future episodes because sure. I, I do see so so many connections there. But could we bring Michelle back on just to ask to see if she has any questions for Jim regarding what has sure. been revealed? Sure. Michelle, are you here? Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm sure when you called, you never thought you'd be the topic of this uh, um, <laughs> first show, but you got, you're the lucky one. Um, Thank you. Especially, especially, right, especially you, you've been on um, waiting in queue even before the show started. But um, did you have any questions for Jim? Is there anything that he clarified or that you want to ask him before we let you go? I don't think so. I mean, it all kind of made sense. I've, I've done some work. Actually, I was at a medicine meal in Sedona years ago, so oh, that's good. kind of cool. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So all right. Well, I, I just, great. Well, I wanted to check with you before we took our next caller. I very much appreciate you hanging around with us for most of the episode. Um, and thank you. Thank you for your question, and thank you for your time and your wonderful energy. And good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Good luck. Take care, Michelle. Take care, Michelle. You too. You too. Okay. So. Um, All right. Who else do we have on the line, Paula? Do you know? I mean, normally Paula is not going to be doing um, the uh, the screening, but the person that I thought was going to do the screening, um, gosh, God only knows where he is. So. <laughs> 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 Paula's helping out right. tonight. All right. So, um, Paula, I'm going to ask you to 
you have a couple people here who've been uh, patiently waiting to speak with you. Um, one of them is Jane from Maine. Um, I can put her through. Does that sound good? All right. Yep. Okay. Here's Jane. Are you there? Yes. Okay. Hi, great. Jane. It's, Go ahead and ask your question. It's Lady. It's Lady Fontaine. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking my question. So I think well, I have. What enough, is your um, question? Well, um, actually, it's a, sort of a, a scenario and a question. Um, I was in a five-year relationship with a man named Luke who left very suddenly with really no explanation um, several mm. months ago. So that was obviously difficult. Um, he kind of reconnected after the first two months, and there was, like, quite a bit of contact, then disconnected because he became angry, then connected again, and has stayed connected through the holidays with contacts over all the holidays. Now it seems like the contacts are kind of, like, escalating again. Um, and now he's asked me out to dinner again. And so... Uh, I just kind of would like psychically if you could tell me where he's at. Um, so I, I think this really goes to the next part of the real question is it goes to letting go and being successful in relationships and also to your theme of new beginnings because in my mind, if I don't have a new beginning with this person, there's going to be a new beginning for me with someone else. Well, I think that's a very healthy and um productive approach to any relationship because I always feel that if you're supposed to be with someone, you, you will be with that person. And what I'm picking up from Luke's energy is um, a lot of um, inner, um, uh, I'm trying to think of delicate words here, um, confusion, conflict, <clears throat> uncertainty. Uh, and really what I want to say to you, Jane, is this isn't so much a um, he doesn't like Jane issue as it's Luke's got his own issues energy. Um, it feels like there's a part of him that truly does want to move forward with the relationship, but there's such fear and such inability to move forward. It's like he's frozen, you know, he's stuck. He's just so totally frozen. And there's nothing that you could do. But I also see that he's not willing to let you go um, because he's, um, the word I want to use is a coward, but I'm not going to say it. Um, he, what's a nice <laughs> way of saying that? Um, he's, sorry about that. Um, he's, he's, he's not ready to let you go. You know, he's just not ready. But, you know, how fair is it to you? to be strung along and not being able to move forward because, you know, he keeps on sort of, um, you know, sort of like reliving a lot of stuff with you. And what I feel in your energy is even though you said, well, you know, could be new beginnings with someone else, I still feel that, you know, it sort of lights somewhat of a fire in you when he is more attentive and that little bit of hope is ignited again within you. And that's the part that feels so unfair because in his energy, not that it's a game, but it's, based, it's coming from a, a place of weakness and a place of neediness. 
And you're trying to, what I feel from your energy is you're trying to rebuild you. You're trying to sort of, like what I was saying to Michelle about her next step and, you know, her looking inward and her starting to do all this inner work. It feels to me that you've gone through major transformation in the past few months yourself. And I kind of urge you not to let him draw you back down unless he's, you know, bring something amazing to the table. And I just don't feel today that he's got the ability to do that. And it really feels like, um, uh, you know, to me it feels like he's beyond a clinical depression. Is he on some sort of um, antidepressants or meds or something like that for depression? No. No. Um Maybe he, you know, and again, not, you know, I'm not saying to yeah. tell him he should be, and I'm certainly not making that, um, you know, uh, um, you know, I'm not writing a prescription for him. But energetically, it feels like that might help stabilize him in some way, because right now he feels like he's spinning in circles and going nowhere. And you must see that in his, you know, in his actions towards you. I mean, because it feels like he gets you into that mode where you're spinning and you feel like you're spinning in circles and going nowhere. Is that true? I think so. I think when we were together, there was, I always felt like there was chaos and I never identified what yeah. it was until after he left. Right. Because I knew it was and the chaos because that's not right. Me. Right. I mean, you know, I think the fact that you um, put up with it and tolerated it, um, there's something that you still need to work through or work on. Um, But I certainly feel that, um, you know, when you were talking about, you know, several months ago he left, I mean, I could feel all of the ups and the downs and the emotional turmoil that you have gone through. And I do feel you might not have done a 180 yet, but, man, you've done a 150 you know, you're you're you've transformed and remade yourself in a very impressive way, and I would really urge you to keep going in that direction. And you know, if if a part of you says, well, you're not 100% ready to walk away and close that door with Luke, then don't. Um, you know, let him prove himself to you. But my gut feeling is he's just not there yet. I mean, is he doing anything to to better himself or help himself because it just feels like he's so stuck so stuck i don't i don't think so i think that he's actually very isolated right now and he's just pretty much staying in his in his house that's what he told me and that's what i kind of do believe because he it just seems that way from just the way he is so i think he's just got himself like isolated and that's the way he's dealing with things which is right, good. which to me is the depression that I feel in his energy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's too bad that like he can't get. Having, I don't feel like he's out having a great time with, like, a lot of other women and that kind of thing. I don't see that at all. I just, I don't think he's capable. Um, what I do pick up in his energy is that he goes through bouts of that where that becomes a distraction for him where he starts, Mm -hmm. you know, talking in this one or having dinner with that one or whatever. But it's not – I agree with you that he's not able to really, you know, 
really have a healthy relationship in any way, shape, or form. But right now, it does feel like he's in the safety of his cocoon. But honestly, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way at all, it feels like Mm -hmm. he needs you to rescue him and to save him. And that's truly a decision that you have to make if you want to be in that position to just be, you know, um, somebody's... um, you know, uh, because you're really enabling him. When you do that, you enable him to stay stuck. Mm-hmm. It's his job to fix himself. And, you know, and it's your job to protect yourself. Um, and, again, I'm not saying stay away from him because I feel there's stuff still in you that you still need to be able to work through or test. And I don't want you by any means to say, well, Lady Fontaine said he wasn't right, right. so let me not go there. Um, play it out to whatever degree you need to play it out, but be very protective of your emotional self and don't allow yourself to get caught up in the drama because I feel drama is his middle name. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that he's going to try to make a comeback? Is that what this dinner is all about? Like he's going to try to reconnect um, because he feels so needy? Like yeah, within the next I was going to say... Yeah, I would say even sooner than that. Um, but he doesn't feel like he has a lot to give right now. So I would say right. he'll get little spurts that when he feels like, you know, he's really, you know, at the lowest or, or, or you know, really the neediest, that he will reach yep. out. It's almost like you're, you're functioning as a lifeline for him right now. Um, and that's, again, what, what do you want for you in a relationship? And this is a little bit different than, you know, my previous caller, Michelle, because she mm-hmm. had all these very, very preset ideas of, of what it is that she wanted, and she probably would have walked away from something like this to protect herself. But with you, I feel at the core, you still have a love for this man, even though he might have walked away so abruptly and coldly, it feels like we're, you haven't gotten 100% closure on things yet. And I just right. feel, you know, you need to sort of go through the process here and keep that inner discovery going. And I feel as you continue to heal yourself, um, and my, you know, big suggestion, and this is what I really push when, people do coaching with me. It's not about them. It's not about the outer world. It's not about any of that. This is all a clue in order for you to look inward and fix yourself because that's all we have the ability to do and it's the only thing we truly have control over doing. But I will say, to give you a prediction, I will say within the next few months, if he stays on the path that he's on, I feel he will surface a few times I would say in the next six months, um, I see him surfacing two to three times in an effort to try to fix uh, the relationship or thinking he wants to fix the relationship. But what I don't see is the follow-through and the ability for him to be able to do it. So I think the only way he's going to get to that point, Jane, is for him to, you know, get some help. If it's, you know, going to therapy, if it is get on some, you know, antidepressants, but he feels like he's just digging deeper. His hole is just getting deeper and darker, and I don't think the answer is diving into a relationship with somebody who's in that 
state, you know, for yeah. you or for him. It's not the answer. I mean, where's the happiness? You know, what Jim was describing before, you know, there's that the fun, the happiness, the carefreeness. Where is that part when you're in a heavy-duty clinical depression? And I would say, again, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I can't, you know, diagnose him. Mm-hmm. But based okay. on his energy, it certainly feels like he's in a, in a depression, in a pretty yeah. serious depression as well. So I believe yeah. that he's, what he's telling you is that he's basically staying home. And, um, you know, I would say the best thing you could do is be a friend right now. Forget being, you know, a girlfriend or a lover because it feels like your history with this man very much feels like you've been the fixer. You know, you've been yeah. a mother more or less in the relationship. Right. and. That's another thing that you have to decide. Is that truly what you want? Well, I know one thing I do not want, and that's very clear to me, is like I do not want to, I mean, if I have to go through the cycle to have an ending, I get that. I totally understand that. I'd have closure, and there are some other things related to that. But I certainly don't want to be, you know, to assist this person, to try to start a relationship, and then all of a sudden, he starts to feel a bit better, and see you later. No thanks. No. You know what I mean? Well, that's why. That's I said, why. I, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Let me hear your thoughts. I, that's then I'll why give you I'm mine. really, I'm pursuing other options at this point, okay? Um, I'm, I'm planning soon on meeting someone that, um, just, that I, I just hope to at least be friends with and that we can just socialize with, you know, just be friends. Maybe we'll go to a movie, maybe we'll go to dinner, maybe we'll have lunch. We both have dogs, and we can let our dogs play, at, you know, together, those kinds of things, just just to socialize and see, you know, maybe it never goes any further, and that's fine, but I just think it would be really, it's healthy. I think the person is stable. They have, a you know, a great job. They're responsible. Um, you know, he's had a family. He's widowed. I just think that that's somebody who's stable and ready for some sort of even just a friendship with a woman, you know? Right. And I definitely agree um, that that second person you're talking about certainly feels like he's bringing a lot more to the table and a lot more ready to be able to embark on a journey. But what I want to mention is what you were describing with the potential with this new person is what I would really suggest that you think about with the old guy if you want anything with Luke. And that is just be friends and just see where it goes. You know, I would not suggest diving back into a relationship, not just with Luke, but with anybody until you guys see where, you know, I mean, there's feeling each other out and it's really seeing if you are right for each other. I mean, it's, about proving yourself in a relationship in a well in a way are you ready is this the right person for me so even if you decide to go to dinner with him and you know have with Luke and have some dialogue and conversation it doesn't mean you have to dive back into a relationship i would actually caution you not to dive back into anything and go very very slow i mean the choice is yours do what feels right for you but you know, if it were me and I felt this energy for myself, this would not be somebody I'd be diving in 
and trusting with my heart because I don't think he knows how to, you know, really guard someone's heart and honor them um, because he's so wound up with his own stuff. So this new guy that you mentioned, could would you share with him, with us, his first name? Bob. Um, I'm just scanning him real quickly. Um, he lives I in would Pennsylvania, say, and he works as an engineer. I would say... Um, I'm going to say what you said, which he's, he feels a lot more stable. He feels a lot more ready. Um, I do feel some mutual commonality, not only in dogs and some other things you mentioned. Um, I don't know if you have friends in common or family in common or something feels very familiar in the energy. So um, there's obviously a link that, and maybe you'll discover it, at, at, you know, when you really get to know him. But um, there's something that shows me um, uh, roots. And, and some of my clients, if they're listening, they know when I say roots, that's a very good thing. That means, you know, it's like there's something to build on here. And I really do feel this new guy, Bob, I feel he is respectful. I feel he will enter into this relationship if you choose to move forward as a friendship or whatever very respectful and very um, in a very mature way. And when I look at the energy with Luke, it just feels like um, you guys sort of whisked into something that seems very dreamlike and very um, almost, I almost want to say supernatural in a way, in the way you guys connected at the beginning of the yeah. relationship, but it doesn't feel grounded. It, it almost feels like, you know, so you have all these connection things or you think alike in certain ways, but it's almost like you never really built that solid foundation with him. You may think that you did, but my gut feeling is if you look back and really look at the scenario, honestly, you're going to see that you, you didn't really have that solid foundation. Did he yeah, ever I think it's you because I think it's because he, you know, of the way he is that there's not a solid foundation. And I think that's a limitation that you have to really keep your eyes open with, Jane, that yeah. this is it. This is the best he can do unless he gets yeah. some help. And I feel even if he gets some help, it could take time for him really get to get to a better place. But did he ever give you a reason? Because everything feels so unsettled in your energy that it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like you ever got much closure and understanding yeah. with why he mm-hmm. chose to leave. And, and it, as much as you say abruptly, it feels like it was um, devastating the way he did it. It was. It was absolutely devastating. I mean, when he left, it was like the middle of the night, and I almost thought that I was he was literally going to run over me with the car trying to get out of my, oh my driveway. God. He was trying. Oh he was like, he just couldn't get out of here fast enough, but yet he was crying. I mean, it was just really weird. It was like, I really do feel that he was fearful that, you know, he his, he felt that his back was up against the wall because we had been together for so long. And, you know, obviously he had promised me that he was taking the next step and, you know, all the time we'll be like, okay, we're going to go for rings and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And that time never came. 
and he he actually was out of excuses and couldn't really say, look, you know what, I'm really scared. I don't think I could get married. Do you think we could, you know, still be together or we could work on this or what could we do about this? Instead, he just, you know, made this big scene and and create all this chaos and pain and devastation and left. Well, um, I don't think that this man is, you know, like some men can do what they did to you and be able to move on to someone else and live happily ever after. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. on Luke's energy, unfortunate for him, um, I don't feel he's ever going to be able to really make that commitment unless something changes within him. I feel there's some really serious abandonment issues from his childhood um, very serious, not just, you know, I often pick that up. I think we all deal with, you know, a certain level of abandonment issues. But, I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, he's a 40. You know, there are some very significant yeah. things that are driving him. And unless he starts dealing with them, um, he's not going to be able to bring anything to the table. So, um, my concern for you is, but you have to decide really what's right for you. I mm-hmm. mean, I could be concerned, you know, yeah. um, how much time you already invested five years. You're going to invest another five years in this man. Um, you know, you have to really decide what feels right. Do you want to stay in this limbo place? Because honestly, from everything that my guides show me, that's all that's in the future. Even if he, you know, brushed himself off and picked up the pieces, it wouldn't it wouldn't take you anywhere and it wouldn't last. That's the unfortunate thing unless he does something to fix himself. That's the caveat in this scenario. Um, and you know, it there's nothing you can do other than, you know, since you do have that motherly energy towards him, um, you know, if he does bring something to the table as far as um, you know, he wants to rebuild, he wants to start all over, whatever it is. Um, you know, I, if it were me, I would be saying, well, you know, I, I wouldn't even consider it unless you go into therapy, we go into couples therapy, you know, we, we do this and we yeah. do that. And then I would still make it a maybe. There's no guarantees. And you should still, you know, meet this new guy, Bob, and see what happens there. Um, you know, it's... What you just said is exactly my plan. That's what I'm thinking in my head, that, you know, I'll be his friend. I'll, you know, uh, I will, you know, see if he's willing to work on something, and I'll know within a short period of time if he's actually, you know, going to do something, if he's going to, you know, get into therapy or do couples therapy or all the above. And if he's taking it seriously, then that's one thing. Then I have a serious decision to make because then, then I have to decide, okay, am I giving him time or am I going to pursue my other option? But I think, you know, I think I can be friends with him. I think I can see what he, what his intentions are. And if they are not, you know, to take this serious as far as getting some sort of help, then he needs to just continue to be a hermit and I will need one. Well, I think that that's a smart um, approach, and I think that if you can stick to your guns with it, Jane, um, you're going to see that the universe has a few twists and turns, which are good twists and turns, in store for you 
that can lead you to a great deal of happiness. So I, what I would like to do is bring Jim in for a minute, and okay. Jim asks you if there's anything with the medicine wheel that's different in this particular situation than with Michelle's situation that you could give some guidance to Jane as well. Well, I wonder if we lost Jim somewhere along the way. Um, well, we are getting a little short on time, though. Um, okay. We only have, we only have about nine minutes left, uh, Lady Fontaine. Okay. Oh, all right. Um, I, Jim, are you back? All right. I don't know if he's having technical issues or what's going on there. Um, but, um, Jane, so I kind of want to um, sort of wind this down with you. Um, yes. So, you know, you've got choices, and we all have choices. And I want you to realize with this psychic reading as well as any psychic reading, we all have free choice. And there's no right, right or wrong direction, and there's no right or wrong way to handle this. Um, you know, the smartest thing that I can say to you is follow your heart, but be very, very cautious with Luke. Because I think that okay. if you open yourself up too quickly to him, you're setting yourself up for heartache. And if you don't, you know, protect yourself to the best of your ability, I think you're going to end up back where you were however many months he walked away. And I would hate to see that happen because I could feel the progress in your energy and how much inner work you've already done. Okay. Thank you so much for your but help, I, Lady Fontaine. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Before you do go, Jane, um, Paula, do you have any insight yeah. into this? You know, as she was telling <laughs> her description of the relationship with Luke, um, I kept seeing in my mind um, you know, someone from my past who, yeah, right, and I know, <laughs> who right, yeah, definitely, um, yeah, and. Uh, and I know what you're what you're saying, Jane. How you kind of feel like you should uh, talk to this person or be open when they're contacting you, um, and you kind of still feel a bit of a connection there. And maybe that's due to you know just the things that you've been through together, or maybe it's due to a past life connection. Who knows? But right. you can't let the fact that you feel a little bit of a connection with this person that that remains and lingers prevent you from really, really having the love you deserve. And I don't know if it's Bob, if he's the, you know, the love of your life or not, but my gut feeling <laughs> is that Bob has got to be head and shoulders above the relationship potential of you and Luke. Um, because I kept, you know, imagining the parallels, you know, between, uh, you know, this formal relationship that I had uh, with someone else who had um, some similar issues. And, you know, I always want to um, remember to be compassionate, you know, to, to you know, my friends and, and people from the past. And you should absolutely be compassionate to Luke. But there's got to be uh, a time when you're also thinking about yourself and your own, um, your own opportunity to have happiness in love. And, you know, in my opinion, I, I think that um, Luke is, you know, best kept as a friend you know, if anything. That's, that's my take. 
Did I go too far, Lady Punkade? No, I think you, there were a few things that you said that I think were spot on. And the most important thing is, you know, to be true to yourself and make you number one. If you don't make yourself number one, no one else will either. And if you let it, someone walk all over you, you're going to continue to walk all over you. And they're never going to be able to respect you and know what the boundaries are. Right. Okay, I think I'm here now. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. So do, you, do, do you have, um, for somebody who's as techie as you, <laughs> you're the one having all the technical issues tonight. Yeah. But do you have any any other advice or any other you know perspective of things with the medicine wheel that's different mm. than than what you had said to Michelle? Well, it's it's a, it's the similar thing is that there's there's pleasure to be had out there, and you know where it is. The the thing that I notice is that. Um, uh, you would want to call up your warrior to be able to put a firm front down to this man, mm-hmm. um, um, so that so that he knows to Luke, to, so that he knows that you're serious about whatever you're going to say to him, and and he's got to make choices, real choices about how he's going to approach that. And if he thinks that you're a pushover, then that's got to that's got to be a fail. And and if it's a fail, that's the best thing you can do for him. Um, I had a patient once who uh, was uh, was kind of in a similar situation, and I could tell that he was not going to be not going to treat me well. And so I I told him, you have to show up for your treatment on time, and you have to be here, be present, and no messing around with me because I'm I'm going out on a limb to try and treat you for this stuff. And he said, okay, I'll be there. And the first day, treatment was supposed to happen. He didn't show up until uh, he didn't show up at all. I had to call him. And, and he said, oh, yeah, I forgot. I said, okay, well, that's it. You're over. You're done. Mm. He's like, no, right. you can't do that to me. And I said, you are done. I have told you the rules, and you broke them right away. So, no, I'm not a pushover. You're going to have to. He went off and found a therapist and did his work because he realized that he made a mistake, and I was dead right. There was no question. So you have to and be that clear. And then stop enabling. It, yes. Yes. That's what a, a, a warrior is. Him. You stop it. Right. You cut it clean. You think of a man with a sword or a woman with a sword in your case. Chopping this thing clean if, if, if all the rules aren't followed properly because it's not good for him or you if you don't. And, and on the other hand, if he follows the rules clean, get used to the idea that maybe it's still going to be temporary. Because a lot of people who enter into this kind of a role don't ever get back into a relationship. They're friends, but they're not relationship material anymore. It happens a lot. I don't know if this will happen in this case. I'm not psychic. Jill is. I'm sorry, Lady Fontaine is. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm, I, I've, I have been around the, 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 the situation a few times, and, and I know that, uh, that when I enter into a situation where I'm, I'm being the parent, being the strong one, when that happens, I, I, I lose the power to be a lover. So I moved right. into the West and out of the East. Okay. So there's no way that you can, there's nothing that I can do about that, though, right? There's nothing you can do about that, and I could be wrong. I'm not saying it has to yeah. happen. I'm just saying it's likely to happen. Yeah. Well, and I would agree in a lot of things that, that Jim did say, that um, to be the warrior right now is, I got a lot of, validation from my guide that that's the way to get him 
to really do the work. The more you hold mm-hmm. his hand, the more you're always there, the more you baby him, the more you're always being the mama, telling him what to do and how to do it, you're enabling him to stay stuck. So um, I'm behind 100% what Jim said. Okay. okay. So watch, watch some of the Viking shows on TV, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Dig into that part of it, you know. All right. Well, Jane, thank you so very much for calling. We very much appreciate your call. Good luck. Keep us posted and let us know how things turn out. Okay. Thank you so much. I will. Thanks, Jane. All right. Take care. Thanks, Jane. Bye. Okay. We are almost out of time. All right. I think that there are a few callers. I know it has been, and I think there's some callers that didn't get on the air tonight. So I do encourage you to call back next time. And if you let us know, um, in fact, if you let us know that um, you were on hold, um, in fact, Paula, could you get people's names so that next on our next show we'll make sure we get them on the air first? Sure. Um, yes, I will. But you can wait that. until after the show is over. I hope okay. it doesn't disconnect anybody. But um, I, I did want to just take... I just wanted to take like a couple minutes for closing thoughts, um, and let me start. Let me start with Jim. Jim, do you have any closing thoughts on the topics that we were talking about today? Um, I I think I'll defer to you. Okay. Well, there Nothing. was something that you posted the other day that I I actually brought up on my computer right now, and I just want to read it, and. Um, To me, it's all about trust, and I always tell my clients to trust the process. But basically what what he posted was nobody ever talks about this part. You know, the part when you're no longer a caterpillar and not yet a butterfly. You don't know who you are, and you don't know where you're going. All you know is that in every fiber of your being um, is a calling for transformation, for disruption, for revolution of of the spirit. So surrender, break down. This is not the death of you. This is the dying of who you once were. This is your rebirth, darling, and these are called growing pains. I don't call it growing pains. I call it experiencing life, but I think the message in there is so important. Paula, closing words, closing thoughts. I just want to remind anybody that no matter what door has closed, no matter what thing has just ended in your life, we are these creative beings, and we have, we have to remember that we have the power to, to create a new beginning. And, and oftentimes, those new beginnings are even better than whatever situation has just ended. And I think we've got to remember that. And bravo, I think that's a very, very important message. And I think if we would stop resisting, um, you know, the inevitable and just go with the flow and be more open and receptive towards what could be, um, I think we would all be in a lot better shape and a lot happier as well. So, you know, it has been a great show. I I very much appreciate my new co-hosts, both Paula Kay and James Elkin, for being with us tonight. And I look forward to speaking with more of you next week. And I look forward to, well, not next week, whenever we do our next show. And, Paula, do you have an announcement as far as what it is that we want to talk about next time? 
Yes. Next month's show will be on past lives and reincarnation. Um, it should be an exciting show. A lot of people don't realize how um, you know how much that can affect us. So I, I would advise our listeners to listen in again next month. <laughs> um, also keep keep an eye on the Fontaine Facebook page um, for announcements about the show. And also we have an additional Facebook page made specifically for the show, the Eye on the Future show. So um, you should be following both of those pages, and then you will know um, all the news that you need to be aware of regarding regarding this uh, show, which is in its third season. And thank you very, very much, and everyone have a wonderful week, a wonderful rest of the month, and we'll see you in a few weeks. Thank you. Bye-bye, Paul and, and Lady Fontaine. Bye, Jim. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, it's just us now. I know. I'm trying to end the show, actually. I'm looking to see how to end it. This is the end episode of 